This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hello everyone, it's your favourite podcast host here, Joe Redman, just letting you know that the TalkSport Fan Network is now proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via the app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards, registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Look back for Arfield. One up early. Scott Arfield. He's been threatening that recently. And all the Burnley players run to the Darwin end. Burnley win the next ball. It's Rory now. On the outside, he's on Quickly finds Benson in space at the byline. Can Burnley get a goal here? Back for Brownell. Saved by the keeper. Yeah! 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 Burnley yeah! 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 They deserve that. Can he go on the outside? Comes inside. Comes out a shot. Oh, what a goal. Manuel Benson once more. That is top class. Burnley have done it. Fantastic. Clarence deserved the championship title. They've been the best side throughout the campaign. Burnley have won the second tier. What a fantastic achievement. The players have been magnificent. Yes, hello everybody and welcome along to the latest episode of the Turfcast podcast pre-game show with me, Joe Redmond, ahead of a uh, not-so-anticipated trip to Anfield this weekend to take on uh, Liverpool, who are obviously going for the league title. Uh, so it's going to be a tough afternoon. I think every Burnley fan um, is in agreement with that one. But as you can see, as always, we are joined by a fan of the opposition, and that is Dan from the Red Men TV. How are you doing, mate? Yes, mate, I'm all good. Nice one for having me on. I appreciate it. No, thank you for coming on, mate. I understand the Redmen's obviously a big, big channel and uh, all you guys are very, very busy, so I do appreciate you coming on. Uh, before we get started, though, I just want to remind you all, this episode of the pre-game show is sponsored by Green King Sport, where football is more than a game. Green King Sport venues are showing every single televised Burnley fixture over the 23-24 season, as you well know. And with more than 900 sports pubs across the UK, it doesn't matter whether you're uh, based in Burnley or Brighton, you can catch every single minute of the action. And a reminder, if you download the Green King Sport app, you won't get 10% off all drinks 
um, there's any time a match on. But this month, you'll also have thousands of pints of free guineas to win and even a chance to check out uh, one of six holidays up for grabs. But Dan, let's get into it then. Liverpool, your season so far. Obviously, so far, so good. Currently top of the Premier League table. Um, we'll get into the, the big shock of Klopp leaving soon. Uh, but so far, so good. Like I said, top of the Premier League table, but City bringing it down your necks at the minute. So how do you feel it's gone so far? Yeah, I mean, better than expected, if I'm going to be brutally honest, given sort of how far off our usual standards we were last season. I don't yeah. think any sort of right-minded Liverpool fan, even the most optimistic, which is the category I probably fall into, to be honest, would have come into this campaign thinking, oh yeah, don't worry about it, like last season was a blip, we're going to be back top fighting for the Premier League, we'll, we'll get to the Carabao Cup final, the FA Cup's still on, Europa League, you know, we'll cruise through the group and make that look relatively straightforward. I don't think anybody really knew what was going to come around the corner to be honest because yeah. it was such a such a bad season last year and obviously such a big rebuild as well in the summer when you look at some of the, the key components and the key figures that left the club including the captain of course really which was quite a surprise yeah. to everyone so the surprises haven't stopped either on and off the pitch but yeah pleasantly um, pleasantly pleased with what's been going on on the pitch anyway yeah, so what's your realistic expectations then? You said then you fall into the most optimistic, so I guess you're going to say quadruple, but what, where is it you want to see, well, your realistic expectations? Well, what would you be happy with? Is it is it the league? Is it uh, maybe, maybe a cup double? What, what would you be happy with come the end of the season? Yeah, I mean, the expectations have definitely shifted from the start of the campaign, as I alluded to, because I would have bitten your hand off for a good run at one domestic cup, definitely in the yeah. Europa League, given the sort of the the football club that we are, you know, the Europa League, we should be getting to sort of the latter stages of that and, and a comfortable top four finish, really. But given where we're at now and this is early February, I'd say I'd say definitely one of the domestic cups. I think we're more than capable of winning the Europa League. And yeah. I just think we're going to push Man City all the way. Which side it ends up on, I'm, I don't really want to sort of stick my neck on the line. But I do <laughs> think it does us and them right until the very death yet again. Yeah, well, I were going to ask you about that. You're saying, obviously, you think you're going to uh, take them to the very end. Uh, you're expecting a, a close title race then? I think a lot of people, pundits included, are all now saying, oh, they just expect City to go on and pretty much win every single game. But obviously, went Mondo down at Brentford last time out. All right, came through it in the end. But um, it's probably not going to be as simple as that for City, I don't think. Obviously, with you guys, like you say, pushing them all the way. Yeah, I certainly hope not. I mean, Manchester City have been bulletproof in the past when we've gone sort of toe-to-toe -to -toe in these title races. But so have Liverpool. It just so happens that Man City have often had that edge headed into it. So it's going to be fascinating once again. I don't think, as I mentioned earlier, nobody with the right mind would have expected Liverpool to win the league. So therefore, nobody should have expected us to do it at a canter. It would almost be a fitting way for Jurgen Klopp to go out if it was to be sort of yeah. in that toe-to-toe -to -toe title race with Man City. But this time, we end up on the right side of it. So yeah, it's going to be it's going to be close. It's going to be it's going to be hard because watching Man City demolish teams from here on out is not a pleasant experience when you are waiting and begging them to drop points. But yeah, listen, um, I wouldn't have it any other way. Let's put it that way. Yeah, obviously you mentioned it there. The big news over the last couple of weeks: Jurgen Klopp leaving. Um, it came as a shock to me. I'm so pure, I'm, I'm sure it was a shock to you as well. Yeah, nobody saw that coming. To be honest with you, and the club did a very good job of keeping the secret for so long. One of the reasons they they actually announced it when they did is because they worried that it was going to get out at some point, essentially, because obviously you have to start approaching managers and agents and potentially football clubs for, for the yeah. guy in their hot seat. So, yeah, it was a massive shock, massive blow as well. But there's two sides to this, of course. There's the angle that 
listen, like it's, a, it's like I say, it's a massive shame that we're losing somebody who's been so incredible from day one, essentially, at the football club. But then does it add more fuel to the fire for what's to come this season, potentially? Because I think a lot of our rivals are saying, oh, well, this, that, and the other player's going to start being unrest now and they're going to want out and all that and they're going to take their eye off the ball. But then all the the messages from the playing side has been, oh, no, we're even more focused. We want to do it even more now because Klopp's going. So, yeah. double-edged sword a little bit. But, yeah, ultimately a shock and not the news anybody wanted, really. Yeah, why do you think he's chosen now, then? Why do you think he's chosen this season? There were some rumours that, obviously, he said a few years back, if Liverpool ever did a documentary, that it, it wouldn't be around for that. And then, you know, it, it, I just think that's a bit of a coincidence myself. I don't know. But why, why do you think now? Do you just think he's, he fancies a new challenge? Yeah, maybe a little bit of that. I do I do believe him when he says he's worn out. And it's interesting because yeah. the game after he said that was the Premier League game after he said that was the Chelsea game. And he was up to his usual antics on the touchline where he's absolutely animated 110% yeah. all the time. And I've seen some pundits and some fans saying, worn out. He looks full of energy to me. But it's probably not the match days that get to him. That's probably the easy part of his job, to be honest. It's the press conference and everything else in and around it. So, yeah, I, I, I buy it when he says he's just tired and he wants a bit of a break, to be fair. Uh, because, as I said, he is all in on being Liverpool manager. He doesn't do things by halves, Jurgen Klopp. He never has done during his managerial career, to be honest. So I have no qualms with that. I think the documentary thing is a coincidence, like you say. And I don't think he would have agreed to it had he been sticking around, to be fair. I think it ties in nicely with the fact that the following his final months as Liverpool manager, had he yeah. been here for the foreseeable, maybe he would have said no. Who knows? Like he did previously a couple of years ago. So, yeah, I am... Um, like I say, it's one. It's a difficult one to come to terms with. But in terms of his reasoning, I think we can all just about accept it because he has been so incredible for us. Yeah, no, that's fair enough. Where, where do you think the job ranks that he's done then at Liverpool? Because a lot of people will obviously compare him to Pep, but I'm just talking even further down the line. You know, the likes of uh, Fergie and stuff like that, and Wenger as well. Like, where, in terms of the Premier League all-time managers, where do you think the job that he's done ranks at Liverpool? If I'm being really honest, it's, it's my own impossible to compare them to the likes of Wenger and Ferguson because of the longevity. And I don't think we're going to see that type of longevity anymore within football. It simply doesn't exist, whether that be because of the strain and the intensity that the game has played at and the sheer amount of football <laughs> in the calendar now. And obviously, we've got a bit of a high and five and culture at a lot of clubs yeah. now as well. So you're not going to see, I don't think we're going to see that type of tenure at a football club anymore, to be honest. So difficult to compare to those two, albeit I think, in terms of like day to day and the job he's actually doing, it probably does about stack up. In terms of Pep, I'm obviously very biased. It's also very difficult <laughs> because of because of what the team's inherited, what the managers inherited. Yeah. Like Jurgen Klopp's first team, it's a, it's a graphic that gets banded about seemingly yeah. on the daily, certainly on Twitter and stuff like that. It was. I'm loath to say it was a mess because there's some good footballers there and some people I've spoken to in there and they're nice people, but it wasn't a football team that was built to do anything of any sort of note. Let's put it that way. And Jurgen Klopp took a lot of those lads and made them into superstars and he added to them, built on it and just an incredible job. Whereas Pep Guardiola has had somewhat of a luxury in so much as he can spend 50, 60, 70 million on a footballer and it not necessarily work and he just goes and does it again. So they're playing with two different hands, let's put it that way, Klopp and Pep. But in terms of jobs done, I think they've both done incredible jobs. I think Klopp, yeah. for me, has done the better one because of the the restrictions he's had placed on himself and the, the stuff he's not been able to do in the transfer market and stuff like that. Yeah, interesting, interesting. I, I know you said earlier that a lot of the players have come out and said the right things now rather than not taking their eye off the ball. But obviously you must be worried as well that, you know, your bigger stars like Van Dijk and Salah, especially Salah, because there's been a lot of rumours about Salah potentially leaving at the same time. Is that a worry for next season? 
Yeah, of course. Yeah, it was a worry last summer, to be honest with you yeah. as well, I must admit. Um, because when you start hearing the types of figures that you're hearing from a, from a club transfer fee standpoint, as well as a wager standpoint, you just think, can FSG, Liverpool's owners, can they turn that down? Can Salah turn that down? You do mm-hmm. get to a point whereby it is just too good to be true, essentially, some of the figures. But yeah, I think in terms of this summer, it's even more concerning because albeit some of his individual performances haven't been at the very top of his level, I would say. His numbers just remain consummate. They remain just inevitable, essentially, Mohamed Salah. He is just that guy like he really is. So, yeah, it'd be a huge, huge blow to lose him whenever that happens. And there is more reports now of Saudi clubs sniffing around him. I think, although the Saudi Pro League hasn't quite turned out to be what many might have expected, like even beyond Neymar, beyond Cristiano Ronaldo, Mohamed Salah would be the poster boy for that league. Yeah, so I agree. It, yeah, it does feel like that's almost inevitable as well, to be honest. And from a Liverpool point of view, like he's going to be 32. He's going to have a year left on his contract. Do you go again with him and give him a new deal? The way FSG work, probably not. Therefore, do you cash in and get your 150, 200 million? It's hard to say, but probably at the same time. I don't know if this is too soon, so apologies if it is. You've probably not even got over the news that Klopp's leaving, but obviously somebody's got to come in in the summer. Is there anyone that you and the, the guys at Redman TV have been earmarking already for somebody's coming? We've had a few arguments about it, if that's any good to you. Um, <laughs> Unai Emery was one that was debated hotly this week. Um, it's Zabi Alonso. It just is Zabi Alonso. Yeah. And I know his CV isn't, well, it doesn't stack up right now. It could do in a few months' time, by the way, if he's got a Bundesliga and a, a German Cup and potentially Europa League under his belt as well. But it's just Zabi Alonso. I think my main sort of point on Zabi Alonso is that he looked brilliant, by the way, in terms of what he's doing right now and the job he's done yeah. and all that. But I'm terrified that he could be the next great manager and if Liverpool don't do it when we have the opportunity this summer he ends up at Real Madrid or Bayern Munich and he is that good and we've missed the boat I'd rather take a bit of a risk on somebody who's young he gets the club he's been at the club there's a bond there of course so that's all good but I'd just rather like I say take that punt and if he doesn't turn out to be what we needed or what we wanted fine but if he does, but he does it at Real Madrid or Bayern Munich, that's a world I don't want to live in, to be honest. I agree. I think it just makes sense. Like you said, he's been at the club before. It is an up-and-coming manager. Um, and it was a bit of a risk with Klopp as well. I know he'd done well at Dortmund, but it was a big bit of a risk there. So, Any appointment to uh, it. Any appointment exactly to that. Risk, to exactly honest, that, yeah. Um, anyway, looking ahead to injuries and stuff like that, looking ahead to the game, obviously we've already spoken about Mo Salah. Um, he's obviously got a bit of a knock at the minute, but I was obviously just doing some research before we started and there is some talk that he could be starting this weekend. Yeah, interesting one, that really. The talk stemmed from his own sort of personal social media accounts, to be honest, because the club have been very tight-lipped on it. There's been no word whatsoever yeah. from any of the journos about where he's at. Um, in terms of time frame. I know his agent was the last one to give any sort of update, really. And even that would mean he's not quite ready for now. It'd be maybe another week, maybe the Brentford game for Liverpool next weekend, potentially. But yeah, the Salah ones, it's quiet on that front, I'd say. But as I mentioned, last week on Instagram, he was running. This week on Instagram, he was doing the splits. And I know if I got into that position, I probably might. I'll never get up, to be honest. I'm not not as well. Yeah, his hamstring looked okay on that picture, but that's not an expert view. 
And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. Away days are fantastic, especially when you win the league at Ewood Park. But there's still nothing quite like playing at home. The same goals for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, any more injuries, suspensions that we need to know about? Well, Ibu Canate will miss the game because he was sent off against Arsenal. Yeah. Two yellows, so that is one match suspension, which will be this game. And Dominic Sabozlai, there's again, there's, there's contrasting reports on his hamstring problem, to be honest. But I'd be amazed if he was available for this one, which is a big blow to Liverpool because he absolutely hit the ground running when he came in. So his absence, and I, I imagine he will definitely be absent for it, would be a big, big blow. Um, in terms of coming back, Wataru Endo is back now from Asian Cup duty. He yeah. might feature, which kind of frees up Alexis McAllister to potentially play a little bit further forwards yeah. uh, and I think that's about it I think other than that Thiago came back last weekend against Arsenal as well which is just wonderful to see um, but yeah I think yeah. we're pretty much okay other than those yeah well, what's the situation with Thiago then do you think he'll, he'll be starting or do you think that's just eased back in obviously the amount of time he's had out yeah the ultimate luxury player I think for me Thiago in so much yeah. as if you need him, you can drop him into games here and there, but I'd be wrapping him up in cotton wool for like 80, 90% of football between now and end of the season. And then if you think you need to see out a game or you need a game changer potentially, drop him into it, I would say, because he's that good. He's been there, he's seen it, he's won it, he's won man the matches in Champions League finals, all that type of stuff. If you just need that extra bit of experience, that extra bit of class as well, to be honest with you, have yeah. him at your disposal. But I don't think he's going to start many matches, to be honest. And I should have mentioned Conor Bradley as well he's obviously on compassionate leave at the moment he lost his father um, which is a yeah. massive massive shame because he's been outstanding since he came into the team to be fair not quite sure if he'll be back yet he can take as long as he needs in the words of Jurgen yeah, Klopp of and Costa Simicas as well is another one who's getting closer but won't be ready for this yep fair enough um as well no I, I want to talk about Anfield and uh, and obviously the redevelopment because it's a bit of a big story this weekend isn't it for you guys like normally it would just be a case of Burnley Orm procession win apart from that one time when there were no fans there um but obviously this time it's a bit different obviously the uh you've been redeveloping uh, forgive me the name i don't know the name of the stand but the, the one anfield along road. the side anfield yeah the anfield road stand yeah. uh the one along the side it looked absolutely huge doesn't it it really really does and obviously um the away end as well that's recently been done up as yeah. well within the last year or two um yeah. so i'm looking forward to seeing that because the view wasn't great for that and i sometimes didn't really like because if you get at the front row at anfield or within the front i'd love it but then the sun would be in your eyes because it's set behind the cop and i'd be like that whole game but then if you get further back you can barely see the pitch and you cramped in so i'm looking forward to seeing what it's like but obviously the main story for you guys it's going to be your record attendance in the premier league isn't it you're with the two with the new stand the anfield road and like you say 60k out 60k you're expecting or is it a little yeah. bit more than that 
60, no, 60 yeah, yeah. 60, yeah, that's right. Yeah, and I think there's a few more that haven't been included in that as well. They'll come a little bit further down the line, to be fair. But yeah, it's been sort of a, a gradual reopening of that stand this season. Earlier yeah. on the season, it was basically all, well, it was all shut the top tier. It was the away end, yeah. as you say, and a little bit of the bottom tier was home, but they reopened a little bit at the top. There's like an event quite recently with June Klopp was that, which was brilliant. And yeah. now, like the middle section of that is open as well, which is an extra three thousand on top of what's been there recently. So yeah, it's really good. Um, you know, for all the all the criticism Liverpool's owners have had down the years, and rightly so, some of their decision making has been poor. Not so much in the transfer market. I steer clear of that sort of chat. But in terms of what they've done, in terms of furloughing staff during COVID and that type of thing, Super yeah. League being the big one in all of this, of course, they've come in for some criticism. But in terms of what they've done. At the stadium and the training ground and stuff like that. You mentioned the main stand there a minute ago. Like they've done some really good work, and this is just another example of that. Yeah. So the main stand then, which is the one on the right-hand side of the away, yeah. and has that been open for a while now? Then. Yeah, that's been a few years yeah, now. That right. one. Yeah, that's yeah. that's that, that's incredible as well. I must. Yeah, that, that I remember that one being yeah. done. There was a guy on my Snapchat working on it, and he'd always put videos of of just the the view from Liverpool, the view from the top of Liverpool. It just yeah. looks incredible. But um, yeah, yeah. obviously, it, important that that you've that you've finally been able to redevelop Anfield because obviously Arsenal have now got the shiny, well, not so shiny anymore, but mm. uh, you know, a big new stadium, Spurs, and now it's United kind of being left behind, isn't it? Because Old Trafford's falling down, sort of thing. So you must be happy that you know, like you said, the, the owners have been able to do this. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And listen, I think we'd all be equally as happy with a shiny new striker or shiny new signing every summer, <laughs> wouldn't we? But you're right. Ultimately, you know, it's it's the, the stadium itself which holds all the history of the football club. And that's what we saw. That will be a constant. That will be there forever, we all hope. And we're very proud of Anfield and certainly the atmosphere it can create. And as I say, the memories it holds. So improving that and developing that is imperative. Because as you mentioned there, you know, we all poke fun at Manchester United, but Old Trafford is is a coliseum within itself, isn't it? And that also yeah, holds similar memories, as much as painful it is to say. And the fact that it's sort of <laughs> decrepit now and falling down and you get pissed right through when you're stood there, like, that isn't good. And although hilarious, that isn't right either, you know what I mean? So, yeah, the owners have done a brilliant job in Anfield, it has to be said. Yeah, no, fair enough. Moving on then, more to talk about the game. And, and we'll have a quick chat about Burnley first as well, because obviously Burnley were in the Premier League for such a long time. Uh, and despite, you know, finishing seventh, finishing tenth a couple of times, it never really was seen as a team that, you know, a team that would always get criticism, normally because of the way they played under Sean Dyche. So a, a lot, and Klopp, Klopp were obviously one of the ones that had criticised Burnley quite a lot for that style of play, actually, which is quite interesting now, because obviously Dyche is like Klopp's Merseyside rival, um, which, which, you know, is, is interesting. But they've tried to do something different now, not working so much this season, but Burnley fans are trying to take a step back and look at the bigger picture with some of the young lads that we've got coming in, accepting relegation now, I think it's fair to say 99.9% of the fan base, but mm -hmm. try to do something different by bringing in a young and hungry manager who's obviously a well-known name in Vincent Kompany uh, and play in a different way and just try and change the whole ethos of the football club. But what are your thoughts on the way Burnley are trying to do it and how much they've changed from that Dice era? Yeah, I mean, the change is massive, isn't it? It's polar opposites, quite frankly, from what you were trying to do. Yeah. Just in terms of your signings as well and sort of the mantra around the football club, you mentioned style of play there. That's obviously a big Big change. It's far removed from what Sean Dice was all about. But as I say, the, the, the type of player that you're signing, sort of the profile is a completely different fit now. And it's admirable in one sense. I was curious, and you've just said it there, like, you know, you're kind of at ease. You've, you've come to terms with the fact that you could be going down and you're quite ha not happy because that's never a good thing. But like, in terms of, you can see that, that, the, the the plan and the fact that you're going to play this way and it won't yeah. always be effective and 
it's an interesting one because I did wonder when Burnley came up. I remember Vincent Kompany's start of the season, probably before the Man City game, curtain raiser, saying, oh, we want to, we've got aspirations of getting Europa League and finishing top seven, top half of the table and all that. And I was a bit like, you absolutely walked the championship, absolutely walked yeah. it. But to carry on playing that brand of football in the Premier League where everyone plays that brand of football is not going to be easy. And that's obviously how it's turned out. And I did wonder whether there'd be a turning point, whether the fan base, the ownership, would sort of turn on company because at some point do you need results and does it matter what style of football you're playing if you're getting beat nigh on every week? I was really curious by that. But, you know, it's testament to the ownership and indeed the fan base that you look like you're willing to stick by company and stick by his style, his philosophy and give it time because, you know, you don't want to become Norwich and become a yo-yo club perennially up and down. That's not the plan. But if you can go down this time, let's just say, if you do, and you can keep the sort of same core, the same mantra, the same style, and go again. At some point, does that become Brighton? Does that become not so much Brentford now? But does that become a side that can fight in the Premier League? Quite possibly. And as I say, it's admirable. Um, just hopefully it doesn't work this weekend. <laughs> yeah, I, I, do, I do think that is the thinking, though. I do think that is the thinking. Just go down and, and, and stick with him, stick with his style, keep with the mantra, keep with that, that philosopher. And hopefully, like you say, eventually we do turn into a Brentford or a Brighton. But it's interesting, though, because when we we're 2-0 down early on against Fulham this weekend, you could kind of feel the crowd turning yeah. a little bit. Yeah, it, it, it was starting to get... Even I was get, even I was like sitting there saying, I don't understand why he's chosen these players for that. And even on my video after the match, I was criticising the team selection, which is not something I usually do. So we need to see fight. We need to see fight. We need... We don't mind going down, because like I said, we, we've accepted it now. But 2-0 down at home to Fulham, like no disrespect to Fulham, but we're just giving the goals away again like, like we have been doing all season, which hopefully <laughs> won't be happening this weekend. Um, but obviously getting onto the game this weekend then, how are you expecting Liverpool to set up? Obviously, you, you, you have your style of play, you have your high press and stuff like that. You're expecting just to get in our faces early on and, and try and you know put the game to bed within the first 10-15 minutes really? Yeah, I, ideally, obviously, that kind of always the plan. Liverpool have been sort of uh, well, a much better second half team, to be honest with you, than the first half this season. It's been an interesting sort of shift in dynamic, and often mm. at times our subs have been what's changed the game. To be fair, because we've kind of we've been in games for the most part, but we've gone down a lot. I mean, the, the Fulham game is the one that springs to mind because we were we were three three one down heading into sort of the final embers of that, and all of a sudden we turn it around. We've helped from some subs, we've helped from Trent going into midfield, but. I do think, you know, Liverpool's kryptonite for a long time was like a Sean Dyche Burnley and teams of that ilk that play in that way. They come to Anfield, they put 10 men behind the ball and they just low block it and try and get away with it. We really struggled to break them down for a long time. So a Burnley side now that, you know, with all due respect, doesn't have the quality of a Liverpool side, looking to come to Anfield and play a little bit, that feels like it plays right into our hands. It might not play out that way, but it does feel very suited to us, to be honest with you. So I don't imagine we'll shift from what we do sort of week in, week out. And we've had a slight change recently with Bradley's inclusion of right back. He plays yeah. more of like a natural fullback, bombing on type role, whereas Trent comes in a little bit more and does the midfield stuff. So we might need to sort of revert back to type of touch. But yeah, I don't see us shifting too far away from what's been pretty successful so far. Yeah, and why not? It's interesting that you do say that. A lot of fan fans have come on the pre-game show because it's, it's something I do every week where I get a fan of the opposition on and they've all said, you playing in your style 
is going to play into our hands. But yeah, every single week, we just continue to do the same thing. But like you said, it's a mantra now and it's going to be something that we do next season. And I do think we walk the championship again next season. And that's a different debate and one that I'm sure we'll have uh, a lot in the summer. I will get your predictions in a second. But before we do, I just want to remind you all that Burnley's sleeve sponsor for the 23-24 season are about to unveil something special. The limited edition Burnley FC uphold card set to launch soon. You can easily add funds to your card and unlock its perks, whether you're spending at home or away. The card lets you spend in any currency anywhere in the world. It's accepted everywhere MasterCard is without foreign transaction fees and offers competitive exchange rate for added ease and security. You can pay with Apple or Google Play. Uphold values its community as well. Demonstrated by their pleasure to donate £5 to Burnley in the community with your first purchase using the card. Secure your spots on the waiting list today at www.uphold.com forward slash Burnley FC. Terms and conditions obviously apply. Right then, Dan predictions and it's interesting because the amount of times I ask people predictions and they go well I don't want to say it because I'm on a Burnley show I'm predicting like four five one to you guys probably even nil um I'm interested to see how we get on now with the new lads it depends on the team that company selects and obviously we're recording this on Wednesday so I'm not sure on the updates of the injured Jordan Bayer and the injured Charlotte Taylor which uh, company will probably tell us all about tomorrow or as usual will be tight-lipped and say absolutely nothing about um, so it's it'd be interesting if Charlie's there and the new lads there or Jordan Bayer's there we will probably be a little bit better and maybe lose two or three nil rather than four or five um, but it's going to be interesting but what, what sort of fit, uh, result are you expecting for Liverpool? Yeah, to be honest with you, I, I would sort of hedge my bets a little bit more and go for that sort of two or three nil scoreline, to be fair. And I, I think there's a little bit of beware of the wounded animal here from a Burnley point of view because yeah, of what happened to Liverpool at Arsenal. Yeah. yeah, that's not ideal for Burnley, I would say. Um, and from a defensive standpoint, more than anything, to be fair, not so much we're going to sort of rack up a cricket score and just go nuts in the goal scoring department. But I think with Virgil van Dijk and Alison Becker in particular, feeling a little bit embarrassed by what happened at the Emirates, I think a clean sheet is absolutely first and foremost almost in a lot of their minds so I think scoring yeah. could be more difficult than anything else to be fair but yeah I think probably a 3-0 because we haven't been and I wonder whether this is because we are still going through all four competitions we haven't been going sort of full tilt 100% for 90 odd minutes very often it seems very rare that Liverpool do that so I'm not saying we're going to keep your arms length and just play with you for a little bit but I do wonder if it gets to sort of 2-3-0 you might see some changes from Liverpool that's more rotation as opposed to go for the throat type thing so yeah I think decent game of football but I do hope and think we will get the better of you yeah, no, that's fair enough. I, I, don't, I doubt there'll be many Burnley fans that will sit there with a straight face and say, I think we will win uh, this weekend. I think at the very best we can hope for is a draw, and that would be a, an absolute miracle. I, I, I agree with you. I'm thinking probably 2 0, 3 0. Uh, potentially, we might get a goal because obviously Fafana's come in and done very well. And I'd like to see company try something different this weekend. And this might sound ridiculous to Burnley fans listening. And I'm sure I'll get some stick for this, but I would actually play Fafana a bit higher up and have Foster dropping deep in like a 10 because I'm doing he's not been playing very very well in the 10 then I'd get um obviously Odebear on the left and somebody on the right hadn't decided yet uh probably Goodmanson um but yeah we'll see so it's interesting because Foster's been our main striker in the nine but for Farner's he looked at the weekend like one of the players that wants to drive into the box whereas Foster's always coming deep and trying to link up play so I just think that'd that would suit very well. But it'd be interesting because anything that I ever suggest, company never does. Obviously, we just don't I just don't have on the same page as well. So and because of his good performance at the weekend, knowing company, um, it, it'll probably drop him as well. But interesting to see uh, what he does. But Dan, thank you very much for coming on the show. Before I do wrap everything up, I'll just give you the chance to let everyone know uh, where they can find you and Red Men TV. 
Yes, mate, absolutely. Nice one again. Much appreciated. Uh, myself, Dan underscore club on Twitter or X. Still Twitter to me, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, Twitter, um, definitely Twitter. And, yeah, it's just Twitter. And the Redmen TV everywhere. You put the Redmen TV into something, you'll find us. YouTube, socials, etc., yeah. etc. Et we are all over the place. Yeah, I definitely recommend checking out the Redman TV. The Redman TV are one of the, the the top four or five channels. There's, there's a few out there. The Redman TV are definitely one of them. One of the ones that uh, channels like myself look at for inspiration. But Dan, thank you very much for coming on the show. It's been a pleasure. Like I said, I appreciate you busy. Good luck for the rest of the season uh, just after Saturday. Yeah, I thought so. Nice one, mate. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates have already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Ornament delivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.